0: Hey, what's going on? Greetings, have a good day, and welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we're here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, can you feel the excitement? Uh, yeah, we're still in the holding pattern, just like everybody is. We're still trying to figure out um, if that if there can be reasonable controls put in place for society and civilization as we know it to get back to a semblance of a potential new normal. And after that, maybe we'll play some baseball. Ah, uh, they're getting ready to play baseball in Korea. They're getting ready to play baseball in Taiwan. Maybe they'll do it here in North America. Myself, not holding my breath. But I think that if you just started listening to this show right now, you're holding your breath waiting for me to introduce the man that I introduce uh, every time because he joins me as always.
1: Uh, old reliable.
0: Uh, old reliable, Mister Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you?
1: I I'm fine. I'm. The holding your breath thing, though. I mean, were this a reasonable world that we lived in, a reasonable society, to use the word, uh, yeah, maybe I, maybe I'd be skeptical. But I, I don't know. It seems like it seems like people are starting to crack, and uh, these baseball teams, I feel, really do not want to like default on their on their TV contracts, and are 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 going to really try to get some games in enough so that they don't you know lose additional millions of dollars i i feel that for them that will take precedent uh and there won't be a damn thing we can do about it even if it seems completely reckless so you know baseball's probably coming back that's my that's where i'm at now i'm not sure i'm happy about it i don't know that i am at all happy about it
0: i just don't I have a really difficult time <laughs> getting there because of the way that things are. That even in the most reckless, like, march march, every single one of us straight into the sea sort of mentality, I still struggle to think that, that this is all going to happen. I don't know. but But nonetheless, we'll talk about it anyway. Yeah. I mostly just want to talk about the realignment idea and and I, my <laughs> counter realignment proposal. That is Sounds as crazy lovely. as it is appropriate and as forsaken of all of the corn states as they as as they should be forsaken. But before we do that, I think first thing I want to do is, is thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you for sticking with us through this suspended to today till until up until this point season i want to thank you if you subscribed to the show on your podcast listening app of choice because you can do that you can subscribe on spotify on apple Podcasts, on stitcher on over overcast on soundcloud or whatever i don't know about soundcloud anymore uh you could do all those things you can subscribe to the athletic and if you do that or if you haven't yet I really think you should go to theathletic.com slash day, where you will get a 40% discount on your subscription if you are yet to sign up for one of those. So thank you to everybody for sticking with us. Thank you for, for coming in as we've been remembering guys, as we've been shooting down, you know, bullshit proposals, doing all the things that we're still doing. We are still, it's still our pleasure to come out and talk about baseball and talk in and around baseball and remember guys and do all that sort of stuff. So thank you for giving us that opportunity. Speaking of thank you for giving us the opportunity, I can't believe in what I'm about to say, which is this. <laughs> right. What?
1: I said, right? Yeah. I know what so, you're about to
0: say. Yeah. It's, what it's, I'm it's, about to say is that yeah. on this week's episode of Birds All Day, we talked to fucking Larry Walker. So, <laughs> so what the hell? I, I, I literally, like, I don't. Well, I do do this often. I'm not going to lie. But like I texted my friends. I'm like, I'm on the phone with Larry Walker. And they were like, oh, my God. Right? <laughs> right? For people who are of this, of a very specific vintage Canadian royalty. So we talked to Larry Walker, who uh, we talked to him not under the best of circumstances in that his Hall of Fame induction ceremony has been postponed until 2021 because of coronavirus, because of the novel coronavirus, because of COVID-19 and the concerns of putting 80,000 people into a field in upstate New York. Not a good idea, not now, next year, but he's still a Hall of Famer. That They'll never take that away from him, even if they kick it down the can two years. He'll always be a Hall of Famer, It'll, just because it's, it used to be that you have a bust in Cooperstown. Now, you have a little thing on your baseball reference page that says Hall of Fame. So that is the new Cooperstown bust. So you know what? So I think we should stop screwing around. Well, I should stop screwing around. You have not had the opportunity to get a word in edgewise. Um
1: I, I I take those opportunities quite seriously, as 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 I'm sure the people will find as usual during uh during the interview portion of the the show.
0: <laughs> there's there's well I mean, in this show as a whole is you fighting for an opportunity to get a word in, Edgewise, as I bang on about whatever it is that I've decided is the most important thing that I need to bang on my table and put like on the in the old days before we had Tyler the producer, where there'd be weird bangs and loud. Our voices were always way, way off because I was pounding away and screeching and hollering. (laughs) Let's not do that. Let's not listen to me screech and holler. Let us take a break and then come back and talk to Larry Walker on this edition of Birds All Day. All right. It is our pleasure at this time. I would say it's our distinct pleasure to be joined at this time by former Montreal Expo, former Colorado Rocky, former St. Louis Cardinal. Current Hall of Famer Larry Walker. Mr. Larry Walker, thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
2: Oh, you're welcome, guys. Nice talking with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I wish that there was a a better scenario, a better situation for us to be talking about you, talking with you about. Uh, Of course, the the word came down that the Hall of Fame induction ceremony has been postponed um you know uh, you're still a hall of famer I think that that's uh that they're not gonna take that away from you but uh what what was your reaction when they when you found out that uh this wasn't going to be the year to to get up there and uh and speak in front of those people
2: um you know what it it got announced yesterday I guess uh Mm -hmm.
0: I've known about it for a few weeks
2: uh talking with the hall of fame people so I kind of had an idea uh perhaps what was going to happen it just wasn't official and uh that when that happened uh, I was pretty prepared for it but uh heck, I waited ten years to get in. I don't think another year is going to hurt me, so uh, I got no
0: problem waiting. Now, did you have a speech written? Like, are you are you are you were you going to be super prepared? Are you going to write it all down? Or are you going to go up there and kind of ad lib? Give us a little bit of a sneak peek. You got time now to it, to, to, to brew on it. Well, yeah.
2: well, that's why I texted uh, I texted Derek the other day and told him we got 15 months now to get started because neither one of us had really started our speech. Uh, I made a. I made a half-ass effort at it and, uh, didn't go very well. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful actually for the extra
0: extended period of time to get it done. That That's, uh, you know, it's probably the best way. Let, let, let it come to you naturally, right? Let it flow do, as opposed to, you know, procrastinating for the next 14 and a half months. And then in two, two weeks to <laughs> go being like, Oh goddamn, I got to do it now. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, part of me would rather just go up there and, and just wing it and make it quick. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's just who I am. I'm not, uh, one to be up in front of a lot of people speaking it's not my comfort zone so uh but uh I, i'm going to try to write something down uh, i don't know if i'll be able to read it correctly when i'm up there i'm going to be so dang nervous but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes when when july comes next year
0: that's uh, an exciting and uh, terrifying prospect. Speaking in front of all those people at that time, and and with two two classes, not, not to put any more worries into your head, but two classes, there'll be even that many more people there when the time comes. Now, you mentioned having to wait, and uh, obviously, the people who watch your career, the people who watched you play, recognized when we when we would see you on the field, they're like that. He's that a he's the best player on the field. B he's probably one of the best players in the league. But I feel like it's kind of a common thing with. Uh guys who are good at all aspects of the game, maybe struggle at not struggling, but being held back a little bit. I'm thinking about a, a former teammate of yours, for example, a few different guys that you played with, like Scott Rowland, for example. Uh do you think that maybe as as baseball fans and baseball uh you know writers, again, they're the ones who do the voting, do you think that their perspective is sort of changing on uh, on the kind of players who might uh be worthy of Hall of Fame enshrinement?
2: Well, I I guess with all the analytics that are are out there now. Um, I, I, don't know much about them. There's some initials to some stuff that I, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what it is. It sounds like, uh, some Japanese stuff. Uh, as far <laughs> as I know, I saw one today that's like a WRC or something along that line. I'm not even sure if those are the right letters, but they are. It um, is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Are they?
2: Okay. I don't, I don't know what all that stuff is, what it stands for, what it means. Uh, but mm-hmm. I guess, um, that that's kind of taken, uh, you know, it's been taking a hold from the, the new generation that's come in to try to perhaps explain things um, for for people to understand better. If you if you know what it all means, but and then bring out some some parts of guys' games that uh, I think a lot of people didn't exist. You know, uh, I'm, and I'm a prime example of that. You know, if you mm-hmm. just look at my numbers on paper, they're they're okay, but if you delve into it, uh, you know, I, I I worked hard on every aspect of the game, so I tried to tried to do every part of what was quite required to play well I tried to do them all good instead of just focusing on one I guess
0: right I th- I think that that you're absolutely right and I, you don't you don't have to be in there delving into these weird esoteric numbers I think it's the big thing for me is context putting a player's production into context this is a guy that played every day this is a guy that made an impact on the bases this is a guy that played good defense uh and and i think that you can look back and look and look around the league now and see that those are the kind of players that uh uh that that are are on winning teams you know they make a big difference when you can impact the game in every way as opposed to maybe being a more one-dimensional player Uh, is is there somebody i mean i think you joined those those cardinals teams sort of at the end of your career there were so many just incredible players on those teams uh uh you know what was was that something that you you were cognizant of that you're playing again like you got pools you got you got uh you got roland you got jim ed uh, jim edmonds and obviously a hall of fame manager just like a a really um star-studded lineup
2: well just you know without even without even all those players you just named um mm-hmm. just putting on that uniform was <laughs> was a was a treat you know the the birds on the bat uh, the cardinals uniform uh the second most world series of any organization that in itself was quite a thrill but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah when you talk about all those players you add your molina probably another one that's going to be talked about in the hall of fame when he, when his time is up but it, um, i think scott rolling yeah, has a, a legitimate you know chance at doing this you know he's got incredible numbers but just one of those guys that went about it his work quietly and played the game right played it hard and um, you know, was just a hard nosed guy out in the field, and you know, with a crazy, goofy sense of humor uh, to go <laughs> along with it. So, but uh, he, uh, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of consideration as the years go on here as well, and he has a chance to, to come come make uh, Cooperstown.
0: You've uh, you found the right audience for that kind of uh, an outlook because this is, <laughs> we are we are ardent ardent in our support of Scott Rowland around here as, as a, just an incredible player, but now. Obviously, the the reason that the Hall of Fame enshrinement has been pushed back, uh, COVID-19 is changing uh, so many people's lives around the world, having huge impacts. Um, when I think about your time with the Cardinals, I wonder if you could, I, I'm going to ask you to kind of do, do a little bit of, a, of creative <clears throat> thinking for me. Say it's 2005, and you're it's maybe one of the last years of your career. You, you spend the off-season, you kind of recover, you're getting geared up, you're ready to go to spring, and then you're in this limbo. Do you think it would have, it would have impacted your, your desire, your ability to kind of come back and finish the season if it, say, started in July or started in late June?
2: Uh, well, I don't think you have a choice, if I understand the question. You know, if they do just decide to start this season up, maybe play half a season, or mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know what they're honestly doing. I've I've read a couple of things, but I'm not really believing anything I'm reading. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, if, if, if the league decides it's it's go time then uh, yeah i think you, you know it's 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 going to be tough because the players and pitchers are going to need basically a spring training again so mm-hmm. there's at least four weeks right there i'm guessing uh to get the pitchers ready and the hitters ready so and, and then you go out there and and play basically a, a it's almost like a short season rookie ball league and yeah and, and, and try to make the best of it
0: i just think about the that the mental burden almost when you're when you're having to kind of stay sharp and stay in shape and just wonder and wonder and wonder for me, you know, you start thinking about that golf course. that's just, you know, that you live on. Maybe you will spend a bit more time out there than time in the gym or time in the cage. Uh, you know, one, another thing actually, so obviously you're known around Canada as a Canadian player playing a Canadian team, but Coors field, something we talked about a little bit earlier was context. So many, so many people talk about, uh, the home in a way splits, uh, you know, the differences of hitting at home, hitting, hitting on the, on the road, uh, one thing though i think where people are starting to say more and more and i'd love to understand your perspective was it's actually harder to hit on the road when Coors Field, uh or even mile high was your um was your home ballpark just because of the differences in the in the way that the ball you you have to react to the ball and all that all that other stuff was that your experience or was it just you know you see the ball and you hit it and when if it's there it's there
2: well like, there's been a lot of talk about it you know if there's if there's truth to it which there might be uh, then i guess it's it's true but uh mm-hmm. you know i think you know as a <laughs> as a player then it's that's something i never thought about you know you, you, you knew things were different you knew it was mm-hmm. you know it, it was beneficial to to hit at cores obviously and um you know and thank thankfully i hit there else I was, I was, you know we wouldn't be having this conversation right now <laughs> true it, you know but but it's you know baseball's different than the other four three major sports uh, of the four major sports it's the only one that has a different field in every city. You know, the dimensions are different, the fences are different, the lightings are different, the backgrounds are different. Whereas, you know, hockey, football, and basketball, the dimensions of the playing fields are all exactly the same. So, you know, it's just the way baseball is unique that every ballpark's different and they play different and they benefit maybe a hitter or they benefit maybe a pitcher.
0: So I, I saw, we saw earlier today, Christian Yelich, who was, uh, one the National League MVP was talking a little bit about launch angle. Now you've spent some time as like a hitting instructor, not necessarily a full, a full time coach. Uh, is that the sort of thing that, that you would be interested in and, and looking at, at that those kind of, nitty-gritty details or I mean you seem like a very pretty natural guy like you know go up stay in shape go up see the ball hit the ball and, and work on your swing and we were talking about it off the air your golf swing your your hockey swing your, uh, your baseball swing uh you know is, is do you think that this whole launch angle thing is a little bit overblown or do you think there's some merit to it
2: well I once again it's one of those things that if you believe in it then mm-hmm. and it's you know, that's what works for you then you just do it you know baseball players were very superstitious people and you know, I had my superstitions through my career on on numerous things. The, the one that everybody knows about is the number three, but I did all kinds of different things that that I believed in that uh, you know helped me perform. And if you believe in this launch angle, that's something that you think gets you over the hump. Then you know, go for it. You know, I got no issues with guys that do it. I don't think it's something that that interests me. I'm I i do not want to say I'm old school, but I you know I was you know I was taught by Ralph Rowe you know, back in the mid eighties who basically said what you said a minute ago, kid, just go up there and see the ball and hit the damn thing. So, and that's, you know, I tried to simplify it to, to that effect as best I could. Uh,
0: so I know, as I mentioned, being a hitting instructor, I know you had the opportunity uh, a to work with Canada and also to to do some some work with the Cardinals is that something that as as you know a now you've got this Hall of Famer thing you can maybe ask for a few more bucks but also uh, maybe as you get a little bit older is that something that getting back into the game in that depth uh, is there, do you have any interest in that is that something that's maybe in your future
2: not really I I'm I'm <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing which is whatever I feel like and uh, um, I, I don't think I can translate how I approached hitting and what I did and what went on, uh, in my head, because that's, that's the majority of the game was played in my head. And it's tough to teach the mental part of the game. Uh, so many people don't have it They you know, they rely on, uh, on going into the video room and breaking down their swing into so many parts. And, and, uh, I just don't have, uh, I don't think I have that ability to teach correctly. So, so I, 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 keep it minimal and I just do you know, the, the only uniform I put on right now is a can, Canadian uniform when, when stuff comes up with them and I'm able to join the 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 Canadian national team and I I thoroughly enjoy doing that when I get the opportunities.
0: I guess in a short like tournament it's it's there's not as much of that let's break everything down as opposed to just sort of being in narrow almost just sort of being a mentor mentor and working just working with the guys who were who happened to be there at the time.
2: Yeah, pretty much. You know, guys, you know, we, we don't often play uh, in events that uh, the guys have been sitting all winter now they're getting back into it you know they've been mm-hmm. playing uh their swing is what it is um you know they have their hitting coaches with their organizations and uh they're telling them one thing's i'm i'm i let the guys know i'm free to answer any questions and, that, and that's kind of how i leave it and if they want to ask me uh some questions about uh swinging or defense base running whatever it is that i'm there to, to explain you know, my feelings on that. And, and, you know, I was taught base running by Tommy Harper, who was great. I mentioned Ralph Rowe and uh, just uh, just how I had to learn the game because, uh, you know, not playing it very much as a Canadian kid, I, I had to learn the game in the minor league. So uh, there, there's a lot of knowledge in my head, uh, but questions are the best way to to get me to, to explain it because everybody, everybody approaches it differently. But the, the like I say, the mental part is what's uh, what I like to say gets guys over the top. It's not uh, everybody knows how to hit a baseball, but uh can you get your head right every time in every game to to do it?
0: Uh now you let us know before you went on the air that you're actually spending the, the winter or now the spring in in Mexico. Uh you're talking about international ball. I got to ask you about Canada, Mexico. Uh, something of a well, I I wouldn't go as far as say it was an international incident, but it was uh, quite <laughs> quite a ball game uh, during the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I was wondering if there's anything in particular that you remember about that game. Obviously, it was a crazy, crazy game, crazy brawl. Uh, what, what what are your memories of that uh, that crazy uh, World Baseball Classic game?
2: Well, like I say, we uh, we joked around after the game. I think I said it was the uh, it was the Beavers against the Chihuahuas. Is what it ended up turning into, you know, the Canadians and the Mexicans, and um, and it, like I say, you got you got a bunch of hockey mentality wearing a Canadian uniform. So uh, these guys, uh, the Canadian teams that that we throw out there are not small guys. These are some monsters, and and they don't back down from anything. So uh, you know, when when the when the chance came to go out there and throw down, the guys weren't afraid to do it, and and uh, and away we went, and. You know the the great part was, or actually turned out not to be great, but we were staying in the same hotel as Mexico too. So, you know, <laughs> the game, the games end after we go out there and do our tussling and wrestling and stuff, and and then we got to figure out how we're getting into the hotel. So security was all over the place. One team was allowed in before the other team, and just it was it was kind of comical actually, but it it was
0: enjoyable. That's wild. That's a wild time. I I, I don't know about you, but I love the World Baseball Classic. I look forward to. It coming back, just like I think we all look forward to regular baseball coming back. And more than anything, we look forward to Cooperstown 2021 when you get to give a speech that will make you very uncomfortable. But that's not what we're, what we're excited about. We're excited about you getting recognition for an amazing career in baseball. Larry Walker, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, have a great night. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All the best. That was awesome to talk to Larry Walker. We're going to get back to more birds all day in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to talk about the Black Tux. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit, or tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you can imagine? It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible, unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us on our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. So if you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with bonus code jays that's the black code jays for 10 percent off your purchase the black tux formal wear for the moment all right that was awesome thank you to larry walker for making time out of his insanely retired wealthy guy uh lifestyle in mexico playing probably 36 (laughs) holes of golf and getting a sunburn bless him up uh that's when when he was announced, uh, people may remember that he was wearing the SpongeBob shirt. I don't know about you, but that vibe came through the phone so strong that my guy is just chilled out and having a good old time in retirement. Living the, Who,
1: the dream, boom.
0: living the dream. dream, yeah, living the yeah. dream. All you got to do is uh, work your like knees to the bone for uh, twenty years playing big league baseball. Go run through an enormous, unimaginable number of gauntlets to achieve that. To translate your natural gifts and hard work into a, a lucrative career, <laughs> learn, learn the too.
1: game in the, in the minor leagues because he you know he can't really play in Canada. For the, make it up on the fly because now side, you're the, yeah.
0: you're the first uh, pre- former WHL goalie to ever make it to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't know if he ever actually got to play um, in in the WHL. I know he like went. Did he go to Regina? Sounds about that. Right. Sounds
1: right. He,
0: nice. he and Nigel Morgan, former Regina Pats, which is uh, right. among my favorite things that I've ever, that I ever <laughs> learned um, in my young life. Now, let us talk. We've talked to Larry Walker, who helped us remember some guys, namely Scott Rowland. He finally took the bait. I pushed and pushed and pushed. You did a little like, bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about uh, realignment. Now, there is a plan in place. To talk about... Oh, sorry. There's a plan in place. Potentially. They seem bound to determine to play baseball in 2020. And when they do, they're going to try to minimize travel, I guess. They're going to try to keep teams as close together as they can. Which works unless you're the Seattle Mariners, at which point you're fucked. Uh, but they've got three divisions with 10 teams. The Blue Jays, speaking of, uh, of fucked, uh, I don't know <laughs> that I love the way that this, this, uh, this realignment... Works out if, if this was to happen on a sh- short-term or temporary or non-permanent basis. Blue Jays in tough, I would think, is how I would describe <laughs> the uh, the makeup of these, of these divisions. It's not uh, a great division for them, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a great division for anybody. No. Right? I mean, look, so the Blue Jays would play of the three divisions they would be playing in the East with the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the defending World Series champion Washington Nationals, the Baltimore Orioles. The Phillies, the Pirates, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Marlins. So you got the Marlins. That ain't not bad. But uh,
1: I mean, the Orioles, who I think would somehow manage to lose two hundred games in that division.
0: Yeah, but, uh, those, <laughs> the the those Pirates Marlins, those those Orioles Marlins, uh, uh divisional battles to see who gets the first pick in the draft the following year. You can't. uh You, you don't. They'll sell you the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it's it's kind of fun, yeah. Right, the idea of seeing the Nets a little bit more often. Marcus Stroman plays for the Nets. I don't know if you knew that or not, but he does.
1: I've heard. Yeah, I mean, no, I, a... I you know, I, I mean, it's all absurd, right? It's all And at seeing them. I mean, we'd just be seeing them on TV. True. We're, I talk. I had a you know I had a, a call with some folks at work today. We're talking about stuff and uh, and. Uh, and the the idea came up of like, you know, are people going to even care uh, if they're not even going to see if they're not going to be able to see the games in person and also if they're not even in Toronto? Because, I mean, the the way that right now the border is, you have to mm. self-isolate 14 days. Like they're not going to be able to play like the Jays will have to find another home, uh, at least for the first part, at least until that situation changes, which I doubt will happen. Uh, but also, I don't know that it gives anyone any comfort to think like, oh, Blue Jays are right there behind that big slab of concrete. Like uh, uh, I, what, what's the difference? Hmm. Uh, and what is the difference? What, like, which also, you know, this, this makes me sound like I'm, I'm for the, the, like <laughs> the, 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 biodome, uh, you know, ridiculous, uh, concept, like where everybody was just playing in a, in, in a Mad Max situation in the desert <laughs> uh, that was sort of floated a month ago. Uh, but, like yeah I don't know why why are these guys getting on planes either like I'm not sure that this is the most well thought out concept uh they could have come up with, but uh, but that's where they're at. They're just like they're like well, what what do we gonna do today like let's float a trial balloon of some sort and maybe one day we'll we'll uh we'll we'll sort of we'll catch lightning in a bottle and people sort of get interested exciting and excited and start to think that maybe this is something that can happen, but as I said off the top, mm-hmm. I do think they're hell bent on trying to make something happen. So, whatever bastardized version it is, it's going to be, I think it's going to be something.
0: I guess there's been some other talk about some crazy rules that are going to go along um, with it in terms of like no, uh, no, um, you know, uh, uh, overall DH, like everybody's doing DH, no pitchers hitting, um, maybe even doing some more like crazy rules. I guess the question when I think about that and then I put it, let me look at this realignment is like, how do you unring that bell? Like, do you, so yeah. you just go back in 20, if, if, if this happens and they play and it's successful, unsuccessful again, what's the metric people are going to be watching it like crazy because it's actually happening no matter what. Um, but, and then in 2021, you just, you go back to normal, but pretend like this never happened. Isn't that going to be, I don't know. It,
1: what I if, mean, what I, if people I, love I, it? <laughs> I, I somehow doubt that they'll love it. I think Mm -hmm. this whole year we're going to pretend it's never, you know, never happened. I think it's probably going to be a thing, but, uh, but also how, like, how do you tell the Mets and the nationals? Oh, by the way, we know you haven't constructed your roster to have a permanent DH. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I mean, the nationals are fine because they're fucking good, but like, you know, that, that doesn't seem quite, uh, quite in the spirit of fairness to just be like, Oh, by the way, you're playing with the DH now, uh, pick your pick your ninth best position player and he's I don't know did you see right?
0: some of the guys the Nationals signed this winter they are set up for the dh for no reason even the obvious one is that they signed Eric Thames right so they are like boom dh right there but they signed <laughs> right. like a bunch of old guys who were my maybe first baseman at best they still got <laughs> Ryan Zimmerman kicking around over there so it's not the Nationals that I would worry about but no. I I I think your point is a fair one so if you go back like oh yeah you guys had to Fill in with a with a. You had to sign a DH type. I mean, even that, like that that for one, I don't even know that that exists anymore. But uh, but but do you want to? You got to turn that tap off now. So if if because if you're if you're the owner, you start salivating thinking about all these extra games against the, the Orioles or all these extra home games against the Yankees and 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 the Red Sox and same with thing if you're the Phillies, uh you know you've got all this this just lucrative bounty coming in when you are you have in a way won the lottery because you get to have the Yankees and the Red Sox in your division and you and you get everything that comes with that
1: yeah and and how do you how do you ask them to make transactions with you know in a year where they're playing with the DH when it's going to go away I don't like like Mm. you say I don't know if you can unring that bell I, I I am like a like I don't need to see pitchers hit I know a lot of people have a thing about that they like it uh, like it wouldn't bother me if they just went to full-time DH, but, uh, but that's not for me to say. And uh, there's obviously a conversation that, that must be had around that because there are people with strong feelings the other way.
0: So the other aspect of this, so I'll run through the real quick, if you haven't seen this already, I assume most people have, but so I said, as I said, the East is Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles, Phillies, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, and Marlins. The central division would be the two Chicago teams, the Cubs and the White Sox. The Brewers, the Cardinals, the Royals, the Reds, Cleveland, Minnesota Twins, Atlanta, and Detroit, and then the West is the Dodgers, Angels, Giants, A's, Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers, Astros, Mariners. Again, depending on how the travel weight break breaks out, the Mariners are absolutely screwed. Um, that's a the Seattle to Houston. That's a crazy flight. Like that's as far as anybody's ever going to have to travel. But allow me. To propose something to you. So we don't know the exact details of the of the way this is going to work. Uh, we don't know if they're only playing against the teams in their division. I'm going to assume not. So my proposal, my counter proposal to this one is don't go 10-10-10. 12-8-10. 12 teams wow. in the East because the geography demands it. And mostly because I want the Tigers and the Blue Jays in the same division. That would be because nice. i love to watch the blue jays and the tigers play no matter the context call me a uh, hopeless romantic if you will i just i wish they played the tigers more i love to watch games at comerica park i love to watch the tigers uniforms i love the goofy runway from the plate to the mound let me watch <laughs> the tigers that's what i'm trying to tell you and they're bad so whatever <laughs> but
1: i yeah i could get behind that i know a lot of blue jays fans will be able to get behind that too i i've been you know, uh, since it's been remember some guys for the last several weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. you go into the the archives and the Blue Jays history. There's there's a great fucking history there between the Blue Jays and the Tigers. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would love to absolutely see the Jays and Tigers. And, and uh, you know, I I'd, your idea is ridiculous, obviously on its face. But uh, uh, but yeah, the the geography does sort of demand a different solution. It's a even. I would voluntarily put the Jays in the Central. I know that a lot of Jays fans would agree with me on that. Get them the hell away from the Nationals and the Red Sox and the Yankees. Uh, I, like, I understand that sort of a bit of the issue is the is TV, right? Like you, the the time zones are different. You know, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, who are currently you know in the in the proposed alignment, mm-hmm. uh, are Eastern Time Zone teams who are generally playing against Central Time Zone teams. Uh, so you know that means that there's games starting at six when Kansas City visits Atlanta, or there's games. You know, I, I, I'm fine with that. I, I, I could understand some markets might be might be like, oh, we're we're hanging by a thread here. We don't we don't want to you know muck about with the TV stuff. I said, Blue Jays, go ahead, play some six o'clock games, play some eight o'clock games. I I couldn't care less. Uh, so that would maybe be a way I would consider doing it, but uh, but also. You know, it's not going to happen. So, so it seems weird to even debate the finer points of how they've set this up. Uh, one uh, final I, thing: I don't, then. I sure, I don't, I don't hate though. I will say the idea of of bigger divisions, fewer divisions, and and, and more teams. Like just to like like to like never go back to the smaller division format that they currently have.
0: Yeah. No, I don't think that it's. Uh, I think it's. Sort of an idea that's past its best before date, the rationale for doing it that way seems strained um I just don't uh you know the time zone thing I don't think there's anybody in the central division that's in anything other than the central other than eastern and, and the central time zone, so we're talking about one hour True. at most um it is i no matter how you slice it, like the west is so vast that those teams are all like really up against it, no matter what. Yeah. Like, the, the, that's a ton of travel. Uh, again, the Tigers and Blue Jays rivalry, notwithstanding, the Tigers and the Blue Jays are so geographically close that it's a little sad to to, to not take advantage of that proximity. Um, and if it means that, you know, you send the Rays to the Central, because who cares, right? Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the true. Rays. There's, you're not going to Rays in. Although you, the Rays would beg for an extra, like, point of of uh, of <laughs> of collective, or, uh, of revenue sharing, and then you'll just let them, they'll do whatever you want them to do. So, I don't know. It, it, again, it seems it still seems like a long shot. There's still so much, so many um, um, hoops to jump through. There's so the logistics of of putting on even a baseball game with only 60 people in the stadium or 100 people in the stadium seems crazy um, because uh, you can spread the coronavirus when you if you don't know you have it uh that's pretty much it it's incredibly incredibly uh you know it spreads really quick and then yeah and then people die from it
1: yeah can hang in the air uh have you have you caught any of the games from uh from taiwan that have uh, have begun
0: no are you kidding they
1: are uh well they i, I they pop up on my twitter feed because you know you can get a stream of them on twitter mm. um uh, I'm gonna say, you know, in the morning, in the at, at your nine or ten o'clock in the morning here, uh, there'll be sort of mid-game. So I've I've taken a peek for a bit. It, it hasn't really hooked my interest, mm-hmm. uh, other than the the like between inning cheerleaders and mascot dancing to nobody kind of uh, spectacle, <laughs> which is uh, which is fantastic and just sort of surreal at the same time. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. This is we also had this conversation earlier uh on my on my work call uh when we were discussing these sorts of things. It's like as much as you know, people obviously are would, are salivating over the people that we're even talking about it, it shows how much people uh just want just want their sports back, want some new new content, want you know, want something resembling a return to normalcy. Uh, but I also think it I mean it, it would be so easy compared to a regular Blue Jays season to just check at like if they go like three and ten out of the gate, like how many people are just like, Well, I'm not watching that empty stadium game you know, I I I don't know that the uh that the luster of it, the that the novelty of it will uh will sustain for a hundred games of whatever the hell it is they're gonna to have to do to play in those empty ballparks with, you know, no crowd noise and and just bizarre, you know, guys high fiving or not high fiving after, you know, after good plays in the dugout and then it's just weird silence <laughs> and and you know, everybody just sits down. It's it's just uh from the little taste I've got out of the, the games from Taiwan that I've caught, you know, very little amount of, of uh, uh Well uh, look at. But it it's just I don't know i i could I, I could see it being a better idea in theory than in practice, and also maybe not a great idea in theory
0: I think that a the taiwan thing is 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 so challenging because there's so little context for who the players are, who the teams are like it is it is straining every concept i think that we have as like what it means to be a fan what it means to be a spectator you know you're just watching motions that look familiar as much as that like that's the only thing is like the actions of baseball look familiar and you don't need i I thought i saw somebody you might have been um a former ball player or someone like that it was like don't don't uh don't you know try to turn yourself into some kind of like armchair scout who's trying to compare what you're seeing in Taiwan or Korea to what's in the big leagues, just like sit back and watch it. It doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have to, it doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's, you know, the same things that you would apply if you were a college football fan or you were a, a OHL fan or, or, or just like watching men's league or wood bat leagues in the, or not men's league, uh, um, uh, like wood bat leagues and, and anything like that. It's just, you're enjoying the sport. You're enjoying what you like about it, but by stripping so much of the atmosphere out of it, you're 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 really laying bare, and especially when it comes to, to big league baseball, I think that's you're really asking people to kind of uh, you're hoping that there isn't a lot a bit of a period of self examination where it's like, what is it that I like about this when these sudden elements that are in some ways extraneous to the game, but they're not extraneous to the to the experience, if they're missing. What is it that I'm really into, and what is it that I'm really getting out of this when it's it's stripped bare like that? And and, and I just really wonder if it's going to cause, um, uh, uh, almost like a like a feel, especially if the, again if the, if the outcome isn't your, what you're after. So, if, if, what do we like about sports? Is it we like the competition? We like the having the emotional investment in the outcome of a game. Is it the transactions and just having something to talk about? Um, but like I feel like that seeing it in that naked form is it's like how like i don't know like naked men are disproportionately tall and, like you don't <laughs> there's no way there's no way there's no belt to like cut them in half where it's going to be like wow this is so weird it's almost like uncomfortable it's like the uncanny valley of uh professional sports and being a spectator i don't know it it'll be really interesting yeah. to, to check it out and to, to if if it comes to that to kind of evaluate what this experience means as a fan
1: yeah you know pageantry has uh has its place you know i uh, i wanna i wanna hear that champions league song just like everybody else. I don't wanna look like you know watch like it's a fucking inter squad practice inter squad well
0: there was a lot of uh talk recently because it's i guess four years since the the orioles played that game uh in front of no fans because of uh mm-hmm. civil unrest i believe is the uh yeah. The, yeah. the whitewashing term that we're using for uh for what was going on in baltimore at the time but uh uh and it was weird that was a weird game but that was like a one-off like oddity but would you want to do that every day and are you doing that every day because we the one thing we talk about so much in terms of baseball is like oh it's the soundtrack of the summer it's a soundtrack you just kind of put it on and it's like background noise but it's like it's not background noise if it's just like the voice of an announcer and then the crack of a bat and just on-field chatter a little bit but then i think you also realize how little on-field chatter there is in a big league game because they're all fucking professionals who do it 160 times a year so they're not up there like hey batting every single inning and every single plate appearance so i don't know it'll be um it'll be something it'll be really something if it gets to that and uh you know obviously it it
1: reminds me it makes me think of like have you ever seen clips on 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 the youtube as i like to or uh, like of uh of like sit laugh track sit sitcoms with the laugh track removed. Mm-hmm. How jarring it is and how the pace is just all wrong and how you know it's all it's it's so responding to to that laugh track or it's all or you know, when it's faked it's like it's geared to it at least. If it's not a you know, I prefer my sitcoms to have a live studio audience, frankly. like Alf. You for like <laughs> Alf to be
0: to be recorded in front of a live studio audience.
1: Well, I mean that. Apparently, that set was just a nightmare. I think you know a lot of the the puppet was a bit of a prima donna, and I think that it, that, that apparently it was really different. You know, you're, you're working with puppets. I don't think you want to do that. I think that's what
0: well, so they say. Don't work with puppets, children, or pets. Isn't that what they say? Or,
1: like or, 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 or or think about the just...
0: the studio audience that had to go home uh, go home disappointed when uh, when they went to see a shoot a uh, a uh, uh, filming of uh, Mister Belvedere. But they had to shut down production because the guy who played Mr. Belfer just sat on his balls, and they had to shut down for three days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, uh, I, would, I, I read uh, a friend of mine, John Semley, uh, is a, a freelance writer. You see him all, you'll see him around in the mm-hmm. in the publications. But he wrote a book on the kids in the hall, uh, which I read relatively recently. And he, he sort of starts it out talking about going to see a taping of some. There was like apparently a CTV uh sitcom that was sort of made specifically for dave foley in a way that like he could like he he had that thing i don't know how much you know anybody knows about the this minutiae of dave foley but like he uh for a while he had child support payments that he claimed were based on like an income that he was no longer making so he was like i i can't come back to canada because uh," you know which you you raise your eyebrow about anyone uh not making his child support payments but mm-hmm. uh, but apparently the 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 story which is how the book begins is about how they got got together made this uh put together this sitcom in a way that he could uh you know his income his salary would like go to help the to help fund the the payments that he hadn't paying. something like that. Don't mm-hmm. I'm not trying to slander I'm just trying to remember the details. Uh and John talks about going there and I think he was writing a piece for for some publication uh, about kids in the hall at the time and so had more access, but sat and watched the sitcom being filmed. And just what an excruciating sort of tedious experience. Uh, Just what a nightmare of a, of a situation it was to be stuck with these, you know, these strangers who, you know, you're getting served shitty pizza and watching these actors just, do scenes or do lines over and over again Mm. and just what a what a sort of soul crushing experience it uh it all was uh so you know god bless the uh the live studio audience uh that's why i only watch sitcoms with them but yeah i i don't know back to what we were saying about the baseball i just i feel that it would be it it is jarring watching the, the games in Taiwan, even with even stripped of the context of not knowing the, the players. I think it, it I think it could be bad. And I and I and this is sort of it folds into what I was saying about you know, the teams are just hell bent on getting those TV contracts fulfilled.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know
1: what the language in the in the contracts might be. I saw somebody say like the NHL was like, Oh, they have to hit seventy percent of the games and they'll get their money, or or I you know, I have no idea what the actual deals are in MLB or any other league, mm-hmm. but uh That seems plausible, and it seems like perhaps a motivating factor for all these trial balloons that we've seen uh which you know will not lead to good outcomes for the public health for the entertainment for anything except the bottom line of the teams, which i don't know seems like something that they would do based on everything we know about how the league and its uh its franchises uh tend to operate
0: and it seems like and it seems like no one would ever try to stop them. For that, for those very un, un, unashamed and undisguised reasons. Uh, speaking of undisguised reasons, and, t- and speaking of uh, fans, there was some discussion about ticket refunds, which has uh, has the potential to draw the ire of a lot of folks. As I believe the Blue Jays announced, they are they will be refunding tickets up until the end of May, but not mm-hmm. necessarily beyond that. Which is, uh, I don't know, the ticket refund thing f- is a, is a bit for, of an eyebrow raiser for me.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I've seen a lot of griping around the league. I'm not super up to date on it. I did get the, uh, uh, you know, I saw the I saw what the Jays had said. Um, if there are teams that are out there that are just sort of sitting on fans money, that's kind of shitty. You know, the, the fans aren't <laughs> giving you a no interest loan. Uh, you could, you could probably just go ahead and pay them back. Like that's especially, you know, at a time where, where money is a is is a somehow an even bigger concern for so many people than it uh, than it normally is, um, to be just sitting on a huge chunk of uh, of what pa- fans paid in, expecting to go and see the team when obviously everything's all up in the air. Uh, not great. I I don't I don't know how the Jays compare to other teams. I guess is what I should say. Um, they are you know refunding games up until. Uh, up until May 31st, that seems good. Uh, not sure why. Games beyond that couldn't also just be refunded. I guess they're hoping they get played, but uh, but that seems
0: ridiculous. The Rays are going to lay a bunch of people off, which is very razy. But
1: uh... it's extremely razy. Yeah,
0: I believe the Pirates
1: were the first. Uh, well, the Pirates to jump into suspended
0: the 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 401k contributions. I think was the thing that I saw.
1: Yes, that's right. It's it's hard to stay on top of all the, you know, dystopian news sometimes, but uh you know, good on some people for being able to get a refund, I guess. Uh but yeah, just just give that money back. Yeah, I would say. Um <laughs> like that's not a slush fund for you to keep your
0: business going. Yeah, no, exactly. What who do you think you are? Rage against the machine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wish there was more baseball-y stuff to talk about. But even that... Oh, there like, was...
1: There was I, I did want to talk about the... Uh, well, you wrote a piece, um, a, a Vlad religion piece that we should probably talk about. Oh, we could do that. Uh, yeah. Well, what did you write about? Well,
0: I just... I wrote about, like... We're. I feel like we're almost back to where we were just about a year ago. So, Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. would have made his big league de- debut... Uh, one year and like a few days before our time of recording but before that it, everything was all like blue sky or what do they call it like a like a green field right we're just project it's all just projection 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 and now i feel like we're back there again in terms of imagining what he would be doing now or what would, like what would Vlad Guerrero junior's numbers be right now would he be crushing and it's, so if if you take your the time to think about that you'd be like you know if you if you're so inclined it's like yo he's definitely he would definitely have figured it out you know, he's in, he was in better shape. All the stuff, it would he would just be just banging it out. But then, like little things, I, you know, I feel like any fan, anyone who follows the game and knows uh, you know, how talented he is, again, he wasn't the number one prospect in baseball by accident. wasn't hype. It was You know, he was destroying every minor league at every age. He had like, significant stretches of like incredibly productive uh, 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 time at the big leagues at age 20. I think you'd be crazy to think that like a uh, 103 with a rents created plus or whatever is who he is. Um, but you see a little thing like the baseball references doing like a sim, like doing an out of the park based sim for the entire season mm-hmm. and Vlad Guerrero just kind of chugging along, like barely league average. And it just p- puts that little bit, maybe that bit of doubt into, into your mind. And, uh, It sucks. I don't want to doubt. I want to know. Like, again, obviously, we, if things were different, we would all be. We wouldn't be having to have this conversation. But I just want to. I, I just don't want to worry. I don't want to think like, oh, what if? What if this is it? <laughs> and then the other thing, something we talked about uh, with Keith Law last week is like, what is all this downtime doing to every player? And we kind of talked. I kind of uh, tried to, you know, Larry Walker. Is, I pulled it on him out of left field. But like, I would. I, I think it would be really hard to be. Uh, he, he said, you know, when they bring the bell, you go back and play. But if you're 38 years old and you've been sitting around for two extra months um, and you are already maybe kind of on the fence, like, is this my last year? I got a year on my contract. I think that would be really hard. And, and but what does that mean for for the younger guys, right? Right now, Vlad Guerrero Jr. would have to be, would be figuring it out. is like, this is his second time around the league. He's not getting that. Nobody is. But, and then, you know, he is like is, is, has the fitness thing right? Is the fitness, is it sticking? Has he made, you know, has he made the change? life changes and has been like stuck to his, his work ethic? Is he flipping tires over in the yard and doing whatever the sort of stuff we saw before? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I I looked, looked at his Instagram last week, I guess, to see that. And just saw like, (laughs) it was very typical, like uh, a baseball player stuff where he just Googles his own name and steals the photo with the Getty uh, image still burned on there, the Getty watermark, and puts it on his Instagram <laughs> because he can do that. He's a professional baseball player. Well, you can't really do that, but uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know if worry is the right word, but I'm just like I just every time I start to think about it, I start to be like ah, ah no, What if it's is bad? And maybe that's body shaming. Maybe that's just overreacting to this the way that the season ended. But it's it's a little. You know, m- maybe it's bigoted that I don't worry about worry, in quotes, about Boba as much as I do about Vlad Guerrero Jr. But, uh, um, I, it's just, uh, it's something that's on, was on my mind and I finally got it, wrote it out. I've been sitting on it or struggling with it for weeks. That's how this goes now, by the way, for me. When it comes to like writing stuff, it's just, like torture to get it out. But I don't know. What do you think? Am I, am I overreacting? Am I being bigoted and, and body shaming and, and thinking about this in the, all the wrong way?
1: No, I, I, I mean, I think it's completely understandable what, where your mind is going on that, and it's, uh, I guess my only, the only thing I would say is that you know, yeah, it, it a couple good weeks would really, <laughs> would really change the narrative because we're just we're basing it on such a small amount of what we've seen of him in the big leagues, and he wore down at the end of last year, and so he did leave sort of a bad impression at the end of the year, and then there was all the talk about the fitness stuff, and, and yeah, that's, I, I don't think that that's uh unfair i mean you know it's it's not it's something that he sort of he can't help you know like Bo like beau bichette is just naturally built differently than flat is uh and and but not necessarily has to well yeah probably has to worry about that less like you know he could just go out there play a bunch of fucking tennis and and look like Bo bichette right he doesn't have to flip the tires or what, or whatever <laughs> uh but but yeah, I I I I understand where the concern comes from for sure. It uh, uh, but but you know what can you do but just but just you know, uh, hone in on what you said at the start, which is that uh, you know he was the number one prospect for a reason, and he had a pretty good year really for a nineteen-year-old who naturally is inclined to hit the ball into the carpet. <laughs> uh, it, it's it it's uh, there's still there's still a lot to like there, uh, um, and that, I mean that sounds that's that's a backhanded comment compliment I guess but but uh,
0: <laughs> there's a lot to like about the generational talent that the Blue Jays paid seven million dollars to sign when he was sixteen, <laughs> and, like hit like four hundred in double A at. 18 years old. There's a lot to like there. You'd be crazy now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it, it it really, but I, mm-hmm. I do think it is. I, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's as much as recency bias, but it's because, you know, it wasn't just about the end of last season, but at the end of last season was clearly a grind. But I think, mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, a few good weeks, a couple good weeks, and, you know, that sort of would start to lift. And it is a shame that, uh, that's being delayed and the the period where we have to, you know, wonder what is going to become of him still is, uh, is just hanging over us. Yeah.
0: I, I do wonder about, about minor league players in general. And again, we spoke to Keith law about this last week and he kind of went, um, he, I, I was so impressed with Keith, with Keith last week because we just like sprung a bunch of shit on him. And he like absolutely answered them. Mabel. He had no, he could have just been like, Can we just sell my book here, honestly. But, uh, <laughs> but like thinking about, uh, there's a couple of guys that I saw there they showed like, hey, it's my gym setup, and they were kind of joking. Brandon Lowe of the race, somebody I don't know, shared it was through on Twitter or whatever. And his and and I'll be honest, like his gym setup was, was meager because he doesn't need to have a gym setup at home. He's a professional baseball player. He's at the at the ballpark every day, and they've got every, you know, imaginable fitness apparatus at their disposal there. So like what's he need to have it at home? Right? He, and he probably goes to the gym or if he lives close by to where the you know, which which a lot of those guys do, that's their gym. Now you, you know, you see some some players have ridiculous setups. Marcus Strowman has a ridiculous gym. He's got his own logo on his gym, on his all his weights, um, which is you know, on brand. Um, but like that mm-hmm. that'd be tough, right? Yeah. If if you're not if you're not set up for it and, and if you are in fact abiding by um by by the the physical distancing rules and, and the secure in place that are in place uh, across different parts of the United States and Canada um it, it might get tough and even the discipline i mean you know the, the the combination of like doing what i was doing which is like fucking kitty litter curls and stuff like that and and like <laughs> i my, my number one uh extra piece of exercise equipment i had to i had to get rid of it because i needed to use the cat litter so i had to open the box and now i can't do like chest presses with it because i'm dumping cat litter <laughs> straight into my mouth if i do and like doing hockey stick lat pulls or whatever just bullshit uh, I don't have anything in my house I, I actually have went out of my way to today to secure something so because I've completely <laughs> fallen off um it's all yeah,
1: just just do the do the workout I don't know if you caught that we're just doing lunges around the house and shit and like uh, <laughs> uh, 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 as an aside, side you jazz did, did you see something? there's a
0: barcelona uh, uh thing on Netflix now it's like a barcelona documentary all behind the scenes oh is
1: i it, did not see that it,
0: it is that. um as someone who knows it well, that is 100% branded content. Like it is – like the, the Last Dance is, is pretty much branded content for like the Jordan brand. Apparently, Jordan gets ultimate like final say on everything that went oh, in. Oh, yeah.
1: It's like his production company. Well,
0: that, that footage he sat on, right? The, all that, right? All that stuff they shot in 97, he just sat on it. He wouldn't let it out. And now they finally given it out. He gets the final say. He shows up in his goddamn t-shirt and he's like, let's roll. And uh, smoking the yeah. cigars, and I mean, it's still very entertaining. Although Michael Jordan has like the least amount of interesting things to say uh, compared to anybody, but uh, the Barcelona thing is like a hundred percent branded content. It's also it's also very like that thing is really interesting for me to watch. In that, in the in the normal times, like the the degree to which those guys are famous and the degree to which people are like insane about Barca is so beyond what. Anything I would ever be able to get my head around, like to be, you know, there's that Dennis Rodman quote about, you know, I play the game for free, I get paid for all the shit in between. That's me thinking about like what it's like to be Leo Messi, where like people are lining up at the stoplights between his house and the and the and the uh, the new camp, just waiting, and like he stops at a red light, and then they bang on his window, and he signs autographs on the of the window of his car. It's crazy. I can't even. Imagine
1: yeah, that, what that is. Like. No, that's. Yeah, I mean, hey, come come to North America, Leo. Nobody recognizes you here. And that's that.
0: That's why I I get when guys like Thierry Henry and stuff do it. Like, imagine being Thierry Henry. You're so rich and you're so good at, at soccer. When he when he was playing for New York, like we saw, I saw mm-hmm. him in the when we worked at the at the score at the the old office the, with the hotel. They stayed there. I saw I saw Thierry Henry in the fucking lobby. Like, what a shitty hotel for Thierry Henry to be staying in. The guy,
1: <laughs> But he's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. He could just
0: like live his life, right? I mean, that would be so awesome. How many times do you think Thierry Henry gets recognized in New York? I'm mean, going to guess not a lot.
1: Yeah, not a lot. Probably not a lot that Henry gets uh, recognized. I agree.
0: Montreal. I mean, he's the coach of the Montreal of the impact. How? I mean, that sucks because why would you want to do that to yourself? But uh, bless, bless Thierry Henry. That's about all I have to say about this.
1: So you were just talking about the Barcelona… The branded content. I, I feel Sunderland Till I Die, perhaps not as uh, uh, as much of a guiding hand from the club.
0: Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> none of those people would sign up to like allow that stuff to go live. That Apparently, they didn't want to do season two because of that, because it just exposed that, so many yeah. people. Sunderland till, Till I Die, so good. Loved every second of it. Uh, I don't know if I'll go back to the Barca thing. It's a little bit like, I don't know. John Malkovich does a voiceover, which is hilarious as well because it's Weird. It's the most John Malkovich like he does it in his very John Malkovich way and that he's like he's somehow just reading a script and doing voiceover yet he's somehow still like chewing all of the scenery. Like the way he pronounces all of the words like Catalan and Spanish. Incredible. <laughs> oh, wow. So good. So far over the top. It's great. I think that's it. I think we've we've exhausted our topic. We'll do some we I I, I we have a fun thing for next time I think we'll do which is a fun uh, guy remembering that i think i'd like to do um oh yeah what do you got for the people what can what can they read from you uh these days on the athletic
1: uh well yeah this week i did uh our fan iron team the all fan iron team looking at the the most hated guys in blue jays history uh which was fun you know even though you know you kind of have to think about some guys who you maybe uh despise during their time there was a lot of really good players on the list which uh maybe doesn't surprise me but uh but it's something we should think about there's a lot of uh uh you know there's was, there's was george bell there was, uh, an honorable mention to bautista who was not well liked for by a lot of people for a long time edwin encarnacion's on there uh got to get to some good stories that i didn't really know joey mclaughlin getting his ass booed out of town and uh, sort of went deep into the archives on Damaso Garcia, the the late Damaso Garcia, now mm-hmm. R.I.P. That was good. Uh, uh, enjoyed doing that. I did. A, we did. Caitlin and I did a. Uh, we drafted teams of the Blue Jays various uniform iterations, mm. uh, which is a fun one as well. Uh, I think there's a big uniform blitz going on, but the, they're you know the Blue Jays uh, kind of got into the weeds for a bit in terms of uh, <laughs> in terms of their style. Uh, on account of how you know they had perfect uniforms for, for quite some time and then decided to just go completely you know off the fucking deep end the muscle t-bird and even the you know I, I in comparison I took a I took a fucking uh like JP Ricciardi era uh Angry J one like relatively early just because once you get past the classic ones slash the current ones mm-hmm. Uh it's pretty fucking dire, really. Uh but that was fun. I I've I've been told that I did not pick the best uh group of jerseys, but uh uh but I avoided the Canada Day ones, so that's that was really my my only
0: goal. Let me tell you about the black Angry Jays hat. Mm. Something I've told you many times before. I know. I'm gonna put my I mouth right talking. on the microphone. <laughs> I love it. I love that black hat so much. It's so good. It's great, in fact. Uh, it, I will note, for the record, noted teen Beau Bichette, who's been playing as the Blue Jays and then there'll be the show thing that all the players are doing, always puts them in those black uniforms. The kids, they know that that black hat is the truth. and It is the second best Blue Jays hat they've ever worn. It's better, that black Blue Jays hat. This is my insane bear fire barrel fire tech. It is it is better than the white panel classic hats, the black hat. The all blue current, black, and then whatever else happens after that. That's that's how I vote. Not the toothpaste (sighs) teeth. Okay. Toothpaste teeth trash. No,
1: the toothpaste is terrible. Toothpaste
0: T's trash, that angry blue jay, that one. Perfect. Love it. Love every second of it your your fan Ire team is is good because it's got like real players on it. like I was thinking about who are the guys that I hated? Oh God, the guys that I hated. I hated uh, Dave Hollins. I just it made me so mad. Dave Hollins when the <laughs> signed him, because yeah. he was just washed and he was like an obvious like crony of Jim fraggrosi's and uh yes and uh, uh David Eckstein. oh man, that made me mad. Every time he took yeah, the field, I was good. like, get him out of here. <laughs> get him out of my sight he could barely throw the ball across the infield like oh it was hol- max it was horrible. effort heaves in his jersey that fit like a goddamn parachute no <laughs> out of my face yeah i
1: didn't care for that out of my face. yeah i tried to i tried to separate myself from the the exercise because there, there are definitely ones that i uh, i'm like well i hated that guy but i didn't want to make it about me which is you know Difficult for me. That's still, that's I because you're I, a professional, while Well, to. I
0: am not. Um, all right. That No, that's cool. Uh, th- we got we
1: got some fun stuff coming up next week cool. as well.
0: Very exciting. So, yeah,
1: assume, assuming that I've finished that.
0: <laughs> uh, as Stoughton, uh, thankfully, or delightfully plugged for me, I, I put out a new version of the newsletter. So if you go to fairservice.substack.com, you can check that out. You can subscribe and you get emails when I write. New newsletters, which is like once a month at this point. Uh, when the season starts, it's much more, much closer. It's more like once a week and sometimes even more. And also, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned before, I was on the Productive Outs video, uh, uh, Old School Player of the Week, last week, which was a lot of fun. So you can go to their YouTube channel, just search it on YouTube or, or look up Productive Outs on uh, Twitter, and there'll be links to it there. And We had a lot of fun, and I had a lot of fun with the guy, the, the other Jose Bautista. Um, which was which was fun for me. but uh, So we can go check that out. And as we mentioned before, you can subscribe to the podcast on every podcast listening of, of choice. It is outside the paywall. So uh, if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, you can still get the podcast. Can't recommend highly enough. Theathletic.com slash birds all day. Subscribe to The Athletic. Get everything. All this, all this really fun stuff. People are really doing some fun and inventive and creative things um, uh, through this period without any sports. So go and check that out. Until... Next time, we'll say thank you to Andrew Stoughton. Say thank you to Larry Walker. Hell yeah. I'm going to tell you that my name is Drew Fairservice, and we will talk to you next time on Birds All Day.